Business Review. Our guest today is author and visionary Dr. Joan C. King. She began her working life as a Dominican nun in her native New Orleans. Then, in her search for herself, she left to spend the next three decades as a neuroscientist, professor, and department chair at Tufts University Medical School. A sabbatical in the late 1990s led to another life shift for Dr. King. During that personal time out, she discovered her true calling as a life coach and has already helped thousands of people around the world find their true purpose and live life fully. Her vision is articulated in her latest book, The Code of Authentic Living, in which she blends science and spirituality into a body of knowledge she calls cellular wisdom. Dr. King, what is cellular wisdom, and how did you uncover this information? Well, it is a story. It isn't a simple definition. So when I first was in my reflecting time in academia, in my sabbatical, which was so wonderful because while I was working in academia, contrary to people's ideas of it, I had no time to think. So the sabbatical provided me time away to think. And one of the first things I heard was this legend, and it's printed on the back of the book of the Code of Authentic Living. I think the legend has appeared in many different venues, that is, many different cultures. The first way I heard it was that the American Indian heard that the white man was coming and knew that they had to protect their wisdom, for surely the white man would destroy it. So they had a powwow and considered many venues, putting it in the ocean, they'll find it there, in the mountains, oh no, they'll find it there. And finally, the frailest and eldest said, I know, we'll put it within. They'll never look for it there. Right. And that was a shattering and opening idea for me, as strong as a lightning bolt. And it made me ask the question, what if in my 30 years of studying cells with all kinds of sophisticated technologies, electron microscopes, laser microscopes, three-dimensional reconstruction computers, I had only scratched the surface. And what if our cells were our inner teachers to show us how to thrive? Because I knew from my studies that cells knew how to thrive. And so in that sabbatical, I asked a different question. What would our cells tell us if they were guiding us in a way to live fully expansive and exuberant lives. And so the first thing I looked at was what, well, how do cells do it? And I realized that, well, cells open up to the life force that keeps them alive. They don't resist it, they open to it. They don't ask, oh, how am I gonna make proteins today? They simply respond to the flow of energy and do what they do naturally. And one of the things they do is they live from the inside out. And that made me begin to think about the wisdom that's within ourselves that directs all of their activities. And I started to think, you know, it took a billion years 
for a cell to emerge out of the water. To learn how to protect the DNA in a nuclear membrane so it wouldn't be broken down by the enzymes in the cell. It took another billion years for cells to learn how to specialize so that every cell didn't have to do everything. Boy, does that sound familiar? So cells began to specialize. Some of them became muscle cells, some became bone, etc. But that meant they had to cooperate. Because if we were only bone, we would be a pile of bones on the floor. If we were bone and muscle, we couldn't move. And so they learned this wisdom of collaboration and connectedness. So I believe that this wisdom is there, but it's not there in the way that we normally look for wisdom. You go to talk to an expert, and what do you want? You want words. You want directions, etc. Well, cellular wisdom is pre-verbal, meaning cells don't talk to each other with words. They communicate continually, but by energy. And so in order to connect with that deep wisdom within ourselves, this ancient wisdom from all time, we need to be quiet. We need to stop the words. And we need to tune in to what we truly resonate with. And so the cellular wisdom is this pre-verbal wisdom that is continually flowing into us, keeping us alive, that brings vitality, that we don't have to earn. If we're alive, we have it. It's a birthright. It's not like we're not good enough. If we're alive, we have it. And so learning how to tune into that, I believe, is to look at the blueprint of what makes us who we really are and follow that inner guidance. I call it our inner GPS, our inner <laughs> grand purpose statement. And mine is to evoke greatness because when I do that within myself and with others, there is this feeling within me of expansiveness, of deep joy, of freedom, and of reaching into dimensions that just take you beyond what is seen. Well, nowadays, people are running so hard to, to keep up and to achieve and to, to do. and to. Why do you think it's so difficult for them to, to stop and actually take the time for themselves to take that inner pulse? Because we keep thinking there's one piece that's missing. And if we run around the corner and get it, then life will be great. So it might be the new car, or it might be the new dress, or it might be self-confidence, or it might be. But notice they're all, even the self-confidence, where does it come from? Outside of us. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We keep looking outside of us. It's not, we're never going to find it. So we're going to keep running around in circles and keep looking for it. And, I mean, just think of it. Even if you have a most prized something you've wanted in your life and you get it, does it bring you ultimate happiness? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's not long after you have it that now you're on the treadmill looking for something else. So we keep looking outside, and we keep running around looking outside. 
until many, many people become totally distressed. Why are some of our highest suicide rates with teenagers? Good question. I mean, really? Why do you think? Well, I think it's because we model for them that you're not going to find the answer, that you're going to run around and run around and run around and run around, and guess what? You're not happy. And you're not happy because you're not taking the time to be, to be the fullness of who you are. I really think the whole purpose in life is to discover our magnificence. We are magnificent beings. And we are constantly expanding who we are because who we are is so much bigger than any expression we have made of who we are to this point in time. In fact, on my website at the bottom is a video called More. And it's not more externally, it's more internally. Our greatness is bigger than anything we have ever expressed. And so I think our lives are about learning how to express more and more of it. And as I have never been happier in my life than I am at this moment in time. And yet if you compared, if you looked at me at the height of what some people would call my success, and you look at me now being a coach and a trainer of coaches and an author and a workshop leader, you would think I had many more trappings of success in my previous roles. But the fact is, I had no sense of this deep joy, this absolute magnificent feeling of being aligned with my true purpose. And that I have now. But so many people have a real challenge in finding a true purpose. And even even once they find it, uh, they're always pulled in so many different directions by society. Uh, what does it take to remain on that path? Well, first of all, we have to stop this obsession with thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. We think we can figure it all out. Well, the mystery of life is bigger than our minds. And I'm a neuroscientist, and I can say that with absolute assurity. The mystery of life is bigger than our mind, but it's not bigger than the wholeness of our being. And what I mean by that is imagine a time in your life when you were being truly who you are. It wasn't to please somebody. It wasn't to fit in a certain niche. It was being who you really are. It wasn't in rebellion to someone else. It was just emanating from your own being. And get in touch with that energy. What does that energy feel like? For me, it feels, as I described earlier, expansive, like like everything is opening up and contrary to shutting down or contracting. And it feels freeing, like, ah, a breath of, of, of freedom, rather than feeling imprisoned or obligated or demanded upon. Mm-hmm. It feels as though you're fulfilling something deep within. It's, it's like a breath of when, when something is deeply satisfying and you go, ah, oh, and you feel it throughout your whole being. 
That's your internal guidance. That's when you experience that, you are heading in the direction of unfolding your greatness, of being who you truly are, of living your purpose. Okay, but that is once you experience it. So how do you get from here to there? Okay, so all of us have experienced moments of it. Sometimes it's as fleeting as 30 seconds. Maybe we're sitting by the ocean. Maybe one of my first experiences in my sabbatical was I was on Monhegan Island off the coast of Maine, and I was, I was just resonating with nature, and it had been so long since I had just allowed myself to be, and it was a brand-new experience for me. Well, look at the times in your life, and it doesn't matter if it happened in childhood or it's happening now. But the times in your life when you felt something that was freeing and that was truly you. And just take the time to think about that. Mm -hmm. When did it happen? When did it happen again? When did it happen again? When did it happen again? Because all of us have had glimpses of this. Because it just naturally bubbles up sometimes, someplace, somewhere, with someone and spend the time, those are like pearls. And if you link the pearls together, for, I'll give you an example. When, when I was in the convent, one of the joys I had was teaching chemistry in an all-girls college. And you'd say, well, why is that a joy? Well, it was the joy was watching women begin to understand they could understand chemistry, <laughs> inorganic, organic, quantitative, qualitative. And it was this opening. In teaching medical students neuroscience, often considered their most difficult course, watching them come to the realization that even though it was extremely intricate and complex, there were organizing principles they could understand it. That gave me such deep joy. And as I look back at those times, I realized how I believed in people's potential more than they believed in their potential. And that that was part of my purpose is to help people see their potential. So it is, when we look back at those times, often we label them and we don't look at the fullness of the experience of those times. And if we just label them, we kind of shove them away quickly in the back of our minds. But if we take out those like they're precious pearls, throw away the label and talk about, think about, experience again what that was like. And actually humans have this wonderful ability, it's called episodic memory, to go back to an experience of the past and re-experience it and bring to consciousness something that might, you might not have been aware of at the time that it happened. And when you go back to those times in your life when you really felt connected to yourself and you get rid of any quick labels that dismisses things, oh, that was just when, da-da, Get rid of those and just look at the experience and re-experience it. What about it made you feel so expansive? Mm -hmm. And you will start to get the glimmer and then start to pay attention. Well, what in my life reflects that today? Or if it's not there, what could I change about the circumstances of my life that would let me experience that again? And sometimes it's not a huge change. Sometimes it's not what we're doing, it's how we're doing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
On your website, you have a great quote from Walter Russell. Genius is self-bestowed while mediocrity is self-inflicted. That's totally wonderful. Absolutely true. Well, so you you challenge visitors to your website, which, by the way, is cellular-wisdom.com. You challenge yep. visitors to with the question, who are you to deprive the world of your genius? And yes. I, I think that that is something that will speak to the heart of everyone because we don't feel that we have genius inside. We think genius is other people, is, is the few people at the top. And you're saying, no, it's in everyone. Absolutely in everyone. I mean, if you consider that each of us is a unique combination of our experiences, our passions, our own DNA. There's no one else that has your unique DNA. And we are so convinced of that, that we identify people and put them to death because their DNA showed up on the scene. So our DNA is that unique. And then think of our experiences, our passions. And I think Martha Graham had this wonderful quote about each of us brings to the world this uniqueness. And if we don't, no one else will. Hmm. And there will be a hole in the universe. Oh, my. Yes. A hole in the universe. Yes. No one can bring what we can bring to the world but us. So what do you think is the most important thing we can do to evoke our greatness? First of all, know that you have within you this incredible renewing source moment by moment by moment coming to you fresh. So, you know, stop all of the, oh, it, when somebody tells you, you did this wonderfully. Stop of the response, oh, it was nothing. It was nothing because for you, it was easy. It's amazing to me. I've coached bank presidents, and and they've said, but I've always been able to deal with numbers. It's always been fun. Doesn't everybody? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I say, absolutely not everybody. (laughs) And they were absolutely convinced that this was a rudimentary, normal thing that everybody did. Uh And I think that's what we do with our strengths. You know, we think because it's easy for us, well, wake up. It's easy for you because it's your talent, for God's sake. And so we think because it's easy for us that we dismiss it. Uh Oh, that was nothing. Well, it was nothing for you because it's your talent. So start to say thank you and start to recognize the preciousness of that particular gift, I would suggest that people begin with a journal, which is the journal of the wonderful things people say to them. Because those are the things we usually dismiss very quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we think it's nothing and because, oh, they'd have said that to anyone. Well, they wouldn't have said it to anyone. Mm -hmm. They said it to you. With that. So knowing, knowing that within you is an inexhaustible source of wisdom, it's available to you 24-7, you don't have to have a ticket to use it, you don't have to pay a price for entrance, and it will never disappoint you. 
knowing that is number one because if you don't know that, that why how can you go to it if you don't believe it's there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So first of all, recognizing it's there, and secondly, start using it. And the way you start using it is ask your. I use the sleeping brain a lot, and the reason I use the sleeping brain a lot. It's because while we sleep, our cortex, which is our verbal, do this, don't do this, what's going to happen now, etc., is not working, thank God. But the rest of our system, which integrates everything we know, is working, or we would be dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still breathe. Mm-hmm. And so our nervous system is working, and it's, it is integrating everything. And so before going to sleep at night, if you want to envision living your purpose, what would that feel like? Can you imagine every day truly living who you are and knowing that you have that total support within you, your own inner wisdom, to help you do that? What would that feel like? There'd be a new source of security. The security wouldn't be from someone else. The security would be in knowing the truth of who you are and being able to live it. And the joy of that. Well, what if before you went to sleep at night, you might ask yourself, what's my purpose tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Just to take it one day at a time. One day at a time. Uh-huh. You know, we usually try to to leap over tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> We're not super women and super men. We're geniuses, but not in that way. And we're geniuses when we live our truth, and we live mediocre lives when we deny our truth. Well, all I can say is uh, thank you very much for having that vision, holding that vision for humanity, really, and, and uh, your work. Um, in coaching people to achieve their own greatness? Well, I can tell you that it is a total and absolute joy for me to do that and a great privilege. Joan King, Dr. Joan King, the author of The Code of Authentic Living. You can visit her website at www.cellular-wisdom.com. Dr. King, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Miriam. It's been a delight. This is Miriam Knight from New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com. Join us next time. Goodbye.